Well, good morning, everyone. And uh, thank you for joining us this morning at our all-in service. And welcome, too, to those of you who are joining us online. It's great to have you with us. Of course, this weekend is a long weekend, right? So well done for being here in Christchurch today. I hope it's a blessing and encouragement to you. And uh, if you're away for the long weekend, I do hope that you are blessed as well, although we're also all probably a little bit jealous. But because, i just give you a heads up, because it is a special all-in service today, and there are some other elements to get to later in the service, I just have a shorter message to share with you this morning. I know some of you are deeply disappointed by that. Um, instead of the usual 32 minutes, I've sharpened it up to about 28, so, yeah. So, but as I was asked to bring a short message on a long weekend, I thought, what better to talk about than time? Time. Time is a fairly important concept in our world, I would say, wouldn't you? Different people treat it differently, different cultures treat it differently. Some people are always early, some people are always late, some people never seem to know what time it is regardless. Every culture, though, every person still places a huge importance on time in one way or another. Pop culture loves to talk about time, you know, books, movies, music, we write about it, we sing about it. Movies in particular try to mess with it. They try to shape and manipulate and use time in ways that are completely different to what our actual experience in real life really is. Because no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we desire it, no matter how much we imagine it, we cannot stop time. We cannot slow it down. We cannot speed it up. We can't save it up for later. We can't spend more of it now than later. We can't travel through it. We can't add more of it. We can't earn it. We can't go back and reuse it or loop it or do things over and over again. The passing of time affects everyone, except maybe for LeBron James. I'm not sure what he's got going on. I could tell you a joke about time traveling, but you didn't like it. The barman said... The barman said, we don't serve time travellers here. A time traveller walked into a bar. Okay. Well, what's the difference between a good joke and a bad joke timing? Time. Time is an important and complicated thing. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 3 that there is a time for everything. A time to be born and a time to die and a time for everything in between. At different moments in Jesus' life, he talked about it not yet being his time. But in another moment, he said that his appointed time had now come. Psalm 39 describes our entire life as fleeting, as a mere handbreadth, as a breath, or even as nothing. James 4, the Bible says that our whole life is like a vapor, like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Psalm 84 says that it is better to spend one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. But then 2 Peter 3 tells us that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. Even just in scriptures, there's a lot to wrap your head around when it comes to time. We don't know how much time we have. 
We don't know how quickly or slowly time will pass. We don't fully understand how time on earth compares with eternity. In fact, as far as I can tell, there is only one thing we can really do with time, and that is we can use it. We can spend it. So in my short message on this long weekend, what I want to ask you is simply this, how are you going to spend your time? In the book of Ephesians, the writer Paul gives both a warning and an encouragement about how to spend our days, how to use our time in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 20. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's the first sentence in there that really captures my attention. Be very careful then how you live. Be very careful then, says Paul, how you live. And the two parts to this phrase are really interesting as you dive into them because the phrase be very careful could also be put see to it or make sure or be deliberate, be intentional, be vigilant. So he's saying be deliberate in how you live. And the phrase that Paul uses here, which we read as how you live, comes from the Greek word peripateo. And now peripateo, I've told Selwyn about this one before, it's one of my favourite words in the New Testament, if you can have such a thing as favourite New Testament words. Can you have favourite? You must do, because I've got one. Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks for helping with that, Carl. I've got it now. But this word peripateo is used a number of times in the Bible, and in fact was even used in the latest Indiana Jones movie, if you're interested in that. But peripateo means as you walk about, right? So how you live, but it's saying as you walk about, as you go about your life, or as you go about your days. Be very careful then in how you spend your days, or be intentional in how you go about your normal everyday life. Be deliberate in how you walk about day to day. That reminds me, when I was a kid, we used to get in so much trouble when dad would stand on our toys because we left them on the floor. But the biblical pattern, dad, is that you have to be careful as you walk about. (laughs) It's not not in my notes. Let's go down there. Go down there. Far out. Wow. That is not in my notes. But from that sentence, be very careful then how you live, be deliberate about how you spend your time, be intentional about how you walk about, Paul then goes on to identify a whole number of ways in the next few sentences that he is saying we should be careful to live our lives. And because I don't have much time this morning, I'm just going to point out and touch very, very briefly on six of the things that he says. The first one is this, in verse 15, he says to spend our time not as unwise but as wise. We should use our days to add wisdom, to add understanding. In Luke 2, 52, it says this about Jesus. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom 
and stature and in favour with God and man. If gaining wisdom was a good enough way for Jesus to spend his time, then I think it's good enough for us. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Even recognising the value of each day leads us to desire gaining more wisdom. It's going to be fast though. The second thing, the second thing that Paul says, verse 16, make the most of every opportunity. Another way that could have been written was make the best possible use of all circumstances. So don't waste your time, don't waste your opportunities, and don't wait for circumstances to be perfect. Just use the opportunities that you're given. In fact, in 2 Timothy 4, Paul encouraged Timothy with these words. He said, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. In season and out of season. He's saying to Timothy, You've got to be prepared when the timing is right, and you also have to be prepared when the timing is wrong. Use the opportunities that are placed in front of you. I remember a number of years ago, I was out mowing my lawns. It wasn't the last time, I promise, but but the truth is the lawns at that point had got pretty bad. They were far too long, and I was having, you you know when you mow your lawns and you go about six metres, and then you have to empty the catcher. It was one of those kind of days. And so every time, sort of every second row of the lawn, I had to empty the catcher. There'd been a few weeks in a row where either I'd been busy or the weather hadn't been helpful, but whatever reason, the lawns had got out of control. And I remember as I was mowing the lawns with the headphones on, and I'd just emptied the catcher yet again, and I was getting really frustrated that it was just taking too much time And I said to God, okay, God, like this is really annoying, but is there anything I can get out of this? Like, what can I learn from this? Is there a a lesson here that I can learn? And to be honest, I wasn't really expecting an answer. But immediately I felt impressed on my heart this sentence, don't wait for perfect conditions before you deal with the mess in your life. (laughs) Wow. Okay. But that's what Paul is saying here in this passage. Don't wait for the perfect conditions. Make the most of every opportunity in your ordinary, everyday life. We're to make the most of the opportunities that we have, even if they don't seem to be perfect. The third thing he says, verse 17, understand what the Lord's will is. Or in fact, it says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Uh, Reference in Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10 says, We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. So Paul's saying we should spend our time, we should use our days finding out what God wants us to do, finding out what His will for us is, finding out what pleases Him, and then walking in obedience and doing those things. Number four, in verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. Again, in actual fact, Paul gives another don't do this and do this. He says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, which leads to carelessness, which leads to a lack of control and a lack of intentionality, but instead be filled with the Spirit, which leads to wisdom which leads to understanding God's will, which leads to a life that pleases Him. And the instruction that He gives to be filled with the Spirit is not a one-off instruction. It's actually a command to be filled and to continue on 
being filled day after day to go about our lives, to walk about our everyday life being filled with the Holy Spirit. Number five, verse 19 says to sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. That's how we should spend our time. Psalm 145 says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Praising and worshipping God is one of the ways we are to spend our days. And it says here, and it's quite clear, it's not just part of our day-to-day purpose, it is actually part of our eternal purpose. Forever and ever. I will praise you every day, forever and ever. We are to be intentional in making worship a part of our lives. And then the sixth one that I found in this short passage, verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Again, Paul says something very similar in 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Spend our time always giving thanks, giving thanks in all circumstances. So this is how Paul is telling us in these few verses to be very careful, to be intentional, to be deliberate in how we go about our lives, how we spend our time. He's saying we should be spending our time gaining wisdom. We should use our time and make the most of every opportunity. We could spend our time understanding what the Lord's will is. Spend our days being filled with the Spirit. Spend all our moments worshipping the Lord and in everything to be thankful. That's what he's saying when he says, be very careful then how you live. Be intentional in how you spend your time. There is a story told of a man named William Gladstone, who was the former British Prime Minister in the late 1800s. In fact, I found he was the Prime Minister four separate times. He served as Prime Minister for 12 years, but never in consecutive terms. So it was a long career that he had. And later in life, it is said he was visited by a young man who wanted Gladstone's advice about life. What do you hope to do when you graduate from college? Gladstone asked. The young man replied, I hope to attend law school, sir, just as you did. That's a noble goal, said Gladstone. Then what? I hope to practice law and make a good name for myself, defending the poor and the outcasts of society, just as you did. That's a noble purpose, replied Gladstone. Then what? Well, sir, I hope one day to stand for Parliament and become a servant of the people, even as you did. That, too, is a noble hope. What then? asked Gladstone. I would hope to be able to serve in the parliament with great distinction, evidencing integrity and a concern for justice, even as you did. What then? asked Gladstone. I would hope to serve the government as prime minister with the same vigour, dedication, vision and integrity as you did. And what then? asked Gladstone. I would hope to retire with honours and write my memoirs, even as you are presently doing, so that others could learn from my mistakes and triumphs. All of that is very noble, said Gladstone. And then what? The young man thought for a moment. Well, sir, I suppose I will then die. That's correct, said Gladstone. And then what? The young man looked puzzled. Well, sir, he answered hesitantly, I've I've never given that any thought. Young man, Gladstone responded, the only advice I have for you is to go home, read your Bible, and think about eternity. 
This young man had an incredible plan for how he would spend his days. He had a noble, glorious purpose towards which he was going to invest his time. But Gladstone was confronting him with the truth that how we spend our days, what we spend our time on has an eternal purpose that goes beyond the handbreadth. It goes beyond the breath. It goes beyond the mist that is our lives. And how we spend our days not only has an impact on our own eternal purpose and destiny, but it has an eternal purpose and destiny for others. Living a life that seeks his wisdom, living a life that makes use of the opportunities God gives us, spending our time seeking out the Lord's will and then walking in obedience to his call on our lives, spending our days being filled with the Holy Spirit, using our breath to praise and worship the Lord and giving thanks for all that he has done for us. All of these things lead us to a life full of eternal purpose, both for us and for others. That's what Paul is talking about. Be intentional then with how you spend your time. Be deliberate then with how you walk about from day to day. Be very careful then how you live. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord God. God, we thank you that from the very beginning of time, you had a plan. You had a plan to redeem all of mankind back unto you. You had a plan that would bring us into relationship with you. That right throughout history, Lord, you have a plan and your plan is being worked out towards an eternal purpose. And God, we thank you too that you sent your son, that Jesus stepped from his eternal throne into time, gave his life, spent his days so that we could have relationship with you. And Lord, right now we lift up every circumstance and every situation to you, every person in this room. We acknowledge that we do not get every minute right. We don't spend every hour exactly right. But God, we take to heart these words from Paul. God, we would desire to be very careful how we live. We would desire, we would be deliberate in how we spend our time. We'd be intentional with how we go about our day to day. And God, we ask that in all of that, your Holy Spirit would be with us and in us. That you would guide our steps. That you would prepare the way for us. That we would walk in your will every day, Lord Jesus. Ask for your blessing on each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.